Aaron Decree. This, this, that, have you heard that? Okay, let's clarify a couple of things because there are two, there are two, um, and just for a quick, well, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray a prayer that I heard Bishop uh, Tudor pray. Um, this is going this this is going to make some of you guys laugh but I was like you know what actually that's real lord bless me because you know I don't have any sense in Jesus name amen okay cuz you know I might say something crazy that's my prayer today lord bless me speak through me okay um we are talking about what what's our series right now Transition and the definition of transition to undergo a process or period of changing say from one state, one state. to another from one condition to another, from one being to another, from one mindset to another, okay? We're like this, some of us, our lives are like this room right here. We're torn up, but we are in transition. Anybody ever flip a house before? Have you ever done that before? I know um, when, I, when we got the first house, I can't even remember the house in Altadena. That house was so ugly. I used to just get nauseous when I went in because everything was blue. It was like I, like I fell into a blue ocean. The walls were blue, the floor was, the carpet was blue. It was just blue, blue. And I was like, okay, I'm just, it, the death perception was off because the, the living room had dark wood paneling on the ceiling and I just felt like uneasy I had to walk outside like is there anything good that can come out of this house I felt like it looked like this but when we worked with it when we worked with it when we loved on it when we tore some things up and we got to the place where we could rebuild it the house was phenomenal amen so that's what God is doing with you so you if you get the power of transition and you understand that I'm undergoing it's like you're walking through that door and going through this door I'm going from one state or to another so in the midst of uh um, transition. I want to give this message this morning, declarations through the darkness. Now, last week, uh, Pastor Daryl talked about trusting through transition, trusting in or trusting in transition. And now I'm going to talk about declarations through the darkness. And the reason why I say darkness is because going through transition is like walking through a dark cor corridor. Have you ever walked through your house at night with the lights off and you're trying to get, if you're like, if I could just go, you know, we have a nightlight in the bathroom. If I just follow that light and hit the light, I will see where I'm going. So it's declarations through the darkness okay we're going through transition now the reason why this is important is because there have been two schools of thought um, if you know the body of Christ is pretty much divided into two categories okay this isn't in the notes but I just want you to understand that the body of Christ is divided into basically two two categories in the church the charismatic movement and the evangelicals okay charismatics and evangelicals uh, charismatics believe in the gift of the spirit the laying on of hands and speaking in tongues we just want it all whatever you did in the word we're gonna do it now so we believe in a move of the spirit. Evangelicals are letter of the law. They just, they want to follow that word to the T. They believe that speaking in tongues was really just speaking in another language. And there was a translation. They're very, um, they're more conservative. If you don't know this in politics, politics never talk about the charismatic believers. They usually talk about evangelicals. Okay. And so I don't believe that the charismatic movement is all bad, and I don't believe the evangelical movement is all bad. I don't believe the charismatic movement is all right, and the evangelical movement is all right. I believe that there is a there you can glean from both both sides, but you want to get clarity. So what you're seeing in the body of Christ now, the movement that there's two movements that are driving with force in the body of Christ right now. One is the declare and decree movement, and the other one is the grace movement. The, uh, the grace movement that's a whole nother message for a whole nother series. 
um, because I, they've just taken the grace of God, which is God's unmerited favor, and run with it and, and try to morph it into something else. But the declare and decree um, uh, uh, movement has a split between the charismatics and the evangelicals because the evangelicals say that is a bunch of garbage. You can't declare and decree nothing. And the charismatics are like, I'm going to declare and decree anything. But this is the thing. Are you guys kind of chilly? It's chilly. I don't, we don't, we can't. Oh, they did. Okay. Um, uh, we cannot, we cannot teach anything and get hyper and excited and then not see not see the benefit, not see the growth, not see the fruition of what we're, we're saying. So if we're going to declare and decree, let's at least understand exactly what it is so that if we are going to follow that pattern, we're doing it right. So what I've done is I've gleaned from both sides for this message. I've gone to the uh, evangelical side and I listened and I read and read and read and read all of their arguments why declaring and decreeing is not biblical. And then I've gone to the charismatic side and I read and read and read why they say it is. And and I realized, and I, I, at one point I had to step away from everything that I was studying and I had to just go for a walk. And I said, Lord, there is truth in here on both sides. There is truth. There is truth. I actually sent a text to um, the intercessors because I was like, I need you guys to pray that God will give me clarity in theology, okay? Because we don't want to teach something just, you know, you've got a lot of hype excitement. You know, I'm going to declare and decree that this building's going to move. Yeah, and it didn't, okay? You know, so, you know, you got to just make sure that you're saying it right because um, one of the things that you might hear a lot is what they call decreeing prayers. And I agree with the evangelical movement. And quite frankly, there is no such thing as a decreeing prayer. You can't do a decreeing prayer and we'll explain why. So let's go into, um, into this and I want to clarify some things. And then we're going to see where we are in our transition because I believe... I believe that if you're going through your transition, and this is the thing, transition may be upon you and you don't even realize it. I believe that some of us are right on the brink of transition or there's certain things that you're praying for and God is saying before you can get that, you have to do some internal transition, some internal changing in order for you to get clarity on where you're going. You don't just, you know, click your heels three times and then blink and then all of a sudden you're this brand new person. You gotta do the work and you have to take the, you have to take the gift of faith and say, Lord, how can I believe you through the darkness and get to the other side. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Amen. So let's, let's look at what declaring is. Um, and, and, and keep in mind that this is all part of building. And I know it's little, so you don't have to really try to read that, but if you got the notes, you'll have it. I'm going to read it to you, but this is available if you want it. Amen. So, um, I, I read something very powerful and it made me think of, um, I heard something very powerful and it made me think of Hallel. A pastor was really distraught because he felt as though his life, his ministry, his call, his purpose really never did anything. And he said for um, over 20 years, he pastored a church that never grew beyond 50 people. And he just felt like, Lord, I followed all the principles. I mentored men and women in the church. I discipled them, Lord. I gave them the word. I didn't, I didn't veer to the left or to the right. I stayed faithful. And so he was really, really discouraged because he felt that he was doing the, the, the right things. He was putting the right principles of God into action, but he didn't see the growth. He didn't see the growth. And so he was distraught for, for a, a 
period of time he was just moving into a deeper and deeper depression. And so um, what happened is that he started evaluating a lot of the young men that he had mentored started coming back and visiting him. And about 10 of the guys that left his ministry left and started churches. And the, these churches were growing over a thousand members. And so he was just like, well, what do they, what are they doing that I didn't do? Why am, why did I never grow? And so the Lord woke him up one night and he said, I want you to understand what I called you to do. I withheld growth from you so that you would not be too big where you would miss depositing into the 50 people that I put in front of you. He said, I needed you to remain. I would not let growth come because I needed you to grow them because if you did your job, you now have about 10 churches that are growing like crazy because you took the time to do an extreme deposit an extreme deposit into these people and to mentor them. He said, has your church ever lacked? No. Have your people grown? No. Yes. Have your people been healthy? Yes. Have I, have I not blessed those people? And he said, do you see the fruit? And so he realized that he did do the work of the Lord. Okay. He did do the work of the Lord. So as we decree and declare some things, let us not miss what God is in fact doing with you and through you. Amen. All right. So declaration, I need glasses. Excuse me. Um, okay, let's go. Declaration. Okay, now get this, get this. Make sure you got your bulletins and you're writing on the back. So whichever ones hit out to you, you got it. And we're going to move. Okay. In biblical terms, a declaration is a message or a word spoken or written, which makes truth known about something. Okay. When you declare something, you are making truth known about a particular thing. Okay. You are opening up understanding. So when you declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are making known the truth that he came to set the sinners free to set captives free and to heal those that were lost, to heal those that were sick. Amen. Now, it is also to make known and reveal what you have in your possession. So that is why if you've ever traveled out of the country, you go through customs and you declare your goods. OK, so if you've ever flown out of the country, if you're on the plane, whatever you brought in that foreign country, you have to start. They give you that little form. Anybody ever gotten that form on the airplane and you got to write down what you bought and you go, oh, wait, did I buy that sweater? Oh, wait a minute. I got to write down every little thing. Yes, you got to declare it, because if you don't declare it and it's hidden, then they will think that you're trying to break the law. So whatever I have, I have to share it and make it known, make it truthful. I have to acknowledge what exists. It is to proclaim the truth of what is. It is a declaration. Okay. It's a word about what already exists. So now listen to this. A declaration doesn't create something. Okay, a declaration. So when you say I declare in the name of Jesus that I am six feet tall, I'm going to still be 410, maybe five feet with my platforms on. Okay, it doesn't make something. It does not make it. It doesn't take it. That doesn't exist. It talks about what already exists and it brings the truth about it out. Okay, so we declare and proclaim God's word and we make this truth known. You got that? Okay, so it doesn't create something. Um, It brings an awareness about it. It brings an awareness. It brings you, you align someone's comprehension of it. So if I declare, so if you, for instance, everybody in here, can we venture to say most of the people, I pretty much know every face. Everybody in here is in somewhere walking with God at this state in your life. We have no unbelievers here. Everybody is somewhat of a believer. So when you come to hear the word of God, you're not coming to hear the word of God to get saved and to hear it for the first time. You already know the truth of God, but you're coming to get an understanding of what you already know. And for 
God to speak a certain word. I'm, you're coming to hear a declaration about where you are and what God is saying about where you are. And it, under, it, it broadens your comprehension of the truth. You got that? So we can make declarations to or in order to know these truths. In order, whatever God is saying, we make a declaration to say, I know this is what God says and I believe this is what God says and I'm expanding the truth of God. It's, I'm not making something that doesn't exist happen. I'm just saying that this is the truth of God and I'm declaring it over my life. It is one thing to pray years and years and years and years and you never see a manifestation of what God is calling you to. But it's another thing when you pray the word of God, when you step into a place and say, I'm declaring what God already told me in his word. I'm declaring. So it is one thing when a person prays just out of their flesh, out of their depression or their worry. Well, Lord, well, I guess, you know, I'm pretty pathetic and pitiful. And I guess I've been this way. But Lord, you know, maybe somebody will come by and give me a morsel of bread. And Lord, I just pray. OK, that all of that. I, I love it because if you go into the heavenlies, Revelation says that the angels take an incense. Mom taught this and I, it was just so powerful. And it says that all the prayers of all the saints are in heaven at this moment. They are not a past tense thing. They are a present thing. And so the angels of the Lord bring the incense and they sweeten out and burn out all the stuff. Okay, that, 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 that's not it. Pull that away. Pull that away. And they have the prayers of all the saints. Read it in Revelation. Just search prayers of all the saints. And they're residing in heaven now, Joshua. So prayers that your grandmother's grandmother grandmother prayed. That's why my great 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 grandmother Cordelia used to pray, Lord bless my generations. May all the generations of our family live to proclaim Jesus is Lord. But Cordelia's prayers are still in operation because there's no time stamp in heaven. You understand? So whatever was declared when she was here on earth is the angels have sweetened it up. They have burned out all the stuff that's pitiful and weak and, and that's flesh. This is flesh. That's opinion. That's worry. Okay, burn out all that. Give me the meat of the prayer. Prayer. And the meat of the prayer says, God says, I'm the head and not the tail. God says, I'm above and never beneath. God says, I will be blessed in the city. I'll be blessed in the field. God said, I can have what I say. God says that if two or three of us declare anything in his name, he will do it. And so then they go, ah, that's pure word. That prayer can stand. That is a declaration of the word of God. And then you begin to say, oh, when I declare the word of God, something switches in me. Something changes from all that worry and all that weakness, that stuff falls off. I don't even have to go and say, Lord, bless my toe. I cut it at the store. I don't even have to say all that. Lord, you declare by your stripes, I'm healed. Anything, that's your toe is what you do know. The cancer in your lungs is what you don't know. And until you go to a doctor, it's revealed. And God says, I know everything about you. So you just declare healing. You just yeah. declare. I, I remember at our old church, this little boy, he, he was sick and he had leukemia, I think it was. And he was in the doctor and he was laying on the table and the doctor started saying all this negative stuff over him and he said body he sat up on the table line up with the word of God and I said now when a little boy can make a declaration like that what do you think his body's going to do but he declared a truth that already was and he called it out of the unseen realm and he said I am speaking this life over me okay so a declaration is spoken to God as part of our prayer in a general sense it's spoken to people as an as an aspect of worship or witness and it's also released into the spirit realm so get this my declaration is released to God 
Lord, I declare you are holy. You are mighty. There is none like you. Lord, you are the son of God. You are the true and living God. There is none besides you, Lord. You are the first and the last. You are Alpha and Omega. You are lying from the tribe of Judah. You are the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. You are Adonai. You are the Lord of hosts. You are Jehovah Nisi. You are Jehovah Jireh. I am declaring to God who he is. Now watch this. I declare to you, you need to understand who God is in your life. He is the Lord of hosts. He will fight for you in these. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the commander of the angels. I declare that the Lord of hosts will be released into you, Miss Angie. So then I declare to you. And then I take one more step and I make a declaration to the spirit realm. And what do I say to the spirit realm? I declare to every demonic force from hell, every principality working against me, you must cease now. You must stop now. One thing that Pastor Darrell always says, go no further. And I have the authority in Jesus to declare to enemies, the enemies of darkness, come no further. You cannot pass. I remember he said that in, in the Lord of the Rings. You cannot pass. And he took the sword and hit them. That serpent fell into the pit. You have to tell the enemy, you cannot pass. And the enemy is afraid of us walking in our declarative power when we know what we know about him. He wants you to stay in the dark. He doesn't want you to know anything about you. So a declaration is spoken to God as part of prayer. It's spoken to people as a witness. Uh, I, I, you know, I have to tell you, I have to, to declare it's a witness. It's a witness. Um, Pastor Darrell told uh, Elder Kenny the other day, he said, I believe when you release this Christmas album and, and a worship album and everything that you're doing, that people are going to go back and start buying your old stuff. And Kenny said, I, Elder Kenny said, I receive that. I receive that. And so it's a declaration. It's a witness. Okay. And so then God, and then what did God declare to us in Isaiah 46, 9 and 10? I am God. Stop right there. You can run on that part right there. I am God. You are not God. You don't know everything about you. But he said, I am God and there is no other. I am God. There is none like me. And look at what he says. I declare the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Hallelujah. This is Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. Look at this. Watch this, Anise. He's saying, I know your end already. Yeah, yeah. I know what has not been done in your life. And then this is what he says. My counsel shall stand. And I will accomplish all of your purpose. No, that's not what he said. He said, my counsel will stand and I will accomplish all your purpose. All that I've purposed for you, all that I purpose for you, that's what I'm going to accomplish. And you have to, what do you have to just say? That's truth right there, Lord. I line up with it. And that's what the prophet Isaiah released in, in scripture in Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. Now, you got the de de declare, you got the declare what a declaration is? You got that? Say amen if you got that. It's a message or a word, a spoken or written, which makes known the truth about something. It is revealing what we have in our possession. Now, a decree is a little different. A decree, can I have some, oh, I think I have a T right there. Um, a decree is this. A decree is an official decision issued by a legal authority. Say that with me. An official decision, an official decision. Issued, by issued by a legal authority. Okay, so you might have a court of law, a head of state, a governmental body, and the decision has what is called the force of law, okay? The force of law. So once this official decision is released, the force of the law comes in and it's backed up, okay? It's backed up. The force of the law comes in and it is backed up. And what has been decided is then made known and issued as a command, an edict, or an order. 
The decree is what was decided by the authoritative body, okay? What was decided by the authoritative body. Prayer is directed toward God. A decree is directed toward a situation. You got that? So that is, this is the thing. A decree is, prayer is directed toward God. A decree is directed toward a situation or a circumstance. Okay, listen, I'm going to keep going. Now, to quote a scripture, by his stripes I am healed. You got that? To quote a scripture is actually a declaration. It's not a decree. Okay? Because a decree is an official decision issued by a legal authority. Okay? A decree is directed toward a situation. So a decree is different from a declaration. Are you following me? And it'll make sense later, but I just want to make sure. Humans do not decree the reality of scripture into existence. Only God can do that. Okay? Only God has the authority of heaven to issue his word. Okay? We don't decree. Okay, once we say it, then it's official. No, the word of God is official because God has decreed it so. Amen? Okay, you got that? We don't decree it. It doesn't become official just because we decree it. It was already decreed and official. It was already an official decision when God himself did it. Now, this is really interesting. Follow me, and I'm going to explain it throughout the message, but I want to give you these points. Obedience to a decree or a law is secondary, okay? It's secondary. The decree of the law in itself, okay? The power to obey the law of God is not in the law itself, but that comes from the Holy Ghost. Okay, you following me? Okay, so obedience doesn't come with the decree. The Holy Spirit, God releases a decree, then the Holy Spirit empowers you to follow the decree. You got that? Okay. God issues a decree from heaven. We follow it. We can't do it in and of ourselves. So we needed help. So what did he have to do? He had to send his son to die for us, to release his blood, to cover up our shortcomings. And then we're washed clean. And then he released after. This is what Jesus said. This is why it's so important to recognize the season where we're in. Jesus said, I have to go. Yeah, I want to stay. It's been fun. You saw all these miracles. But if I don't go, the Holy Spirit will not what? Be released into the earth. Okay? So he said, I ha we have to find. God is a God of order and structure. To approach God without recognizing his order and structure is to, is to diminish who he is in your mind. It doesn't diminish who he really is. It just diminishes the breakthrough that you're going to get from him. Okay? You got that? So the Holy Spirit, this is his reigning hour. So what did Jesus say? He said, do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Don't make jokes about the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't laugh about him. Don't diminish who he is. Don't say the Holy Spirit ain't nothing. All I need is God and the Son. The Trinity works in unison in power. So the Holy Spirit comes to make sure that we can obey the official order that God gave to us. And his word is our official decree. Okay, you got that? Does that make sense? So obedience is secondary. It's the law whether we want it to be or not. That's why some people follow. That's why some people follow it and some people don't. We are given here to with an option. Are you going to walk in the things of God or you're not? Not everybody does it. If, that, if, if we could decree that people get saved, then we would just be doing it. We wouldn't have to share Christ. We wouldn't have to declare, be a witness. We wouldn't have to do anything that because I could just walk up to you. I decree in the name of Jesus to my cousin Danny. Stop acting crazy and get delivered and 
act like you got some, okay, okay, that's my personal stuff, but I could decree that, you understand what I'm saying? I can't do that, he has a free will, he has to make a decision. So I could declare in scripture and say, Lord, the scripture says that me and my household will be saved. The scripture says that you will release healing and salvation to all those that belong to me. Does that make sense? Okay, now let's go through, I had to lay that foundation, now let's go. And then we're going to do this. What is the difference? What is the difference? I want to use this example right here. Romans 9, 9. I want to use this example right here just to make sure you get it. For God had promised Abraham, I will return about this. I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Okay. God said in Romans 9, 9, he told Abraham, who's going to return? He said, I will, I will, I will return. And this time next year, Sarah will have a son. That was a decree. That was an order that came from God. Now, Abraham could have decreed by quoting the word all he wanted to. We're going to have a son. We're going to have a son. But it wouldn't have changed anything because the word said in the decree, I will return. God himself was going to come at the appointed time and then Sarah would get pregnant. Okay. So he could decree all he wanted to, but the decree from God said, I will return. And this set time next year, she'll have a son. You got that. But Abraham could declare that God's promises was true and that he was waiting for God to fulfill it in his time. You see the difference. Okay. So you don't decree I'm going to be pregnant. I'm going to be pregnant. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. You decree that God is going to, the decree is God's going to visit you. I declare that God's promises are true. God has spoken. I'm going to wait for him to fulfill it in his set time. Does that make sense? Okay. That was just a tangible example. Okay. Now let's look at this because we, something in the definition of decree that we got to go back and look at the authority, the authority to decree. Remember a, a decree was a legal, a legal, remember it was a legal order. It was an official decision by a legal authority. Say that with me. An official decision by a legal authority. Okay, so now in the kingdom of God, who has legal authority to decree something over you? Okay, we have to look in God's kingdom. Now we're in the earth realm and we know we're all in the uproar about the election because we know that the, the president of the United States will be the head of the free world as we know it, right? But God's kingdom is different. So God says, who has authority to make a legal order in the kingdom? So write down these three verses and you can go back and read them later. Ephesians 4.11, in case you can't see that. Ephesians 4.11 through 12. Amos 3, 7 and Acts 16, 4. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 is very important so that we can understand the order of God. This is going to make sense because you're about to get a blessing out of this. OK, so stay with me. Now, these are the gifts that God gave to the church. What are they? <clears throat> Anybody know what are the five gifts that God gave to the church? The apostles. apostles. What else? Prophets. What else? Evangelists. And what else? Pastors and what else? Okay, they have a responsibility to equip God's people. Say equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. These are the these are legal authorities in the church. Okay, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Amos 3 7 is very important. I love the NL, the New Living Translation because Amos 3 says some says 3 7 says the sovereign Lord never does anything anything until he reveals his plan to his servants, the prophets. God doesn't do anything until he reveals his plan to his servants, the prophets. Why? Because they have the authority to make a decree. Yeah. 
So a prophet isn't going to come to you and say, thus saith the Lord, Lance, you're wearing a purple shirt. I know that already, okay? I know that. But when the prophet of God comes and tells you secrets that are in the throne room of God and they decree them into your life because God has, God has released them with legal authority to make an official order in your life. Do you understand that? Okay, Acts 16.4, this is very, very, very important. In the Jerusalem Council of Apostles and Elders, it says, now while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem for the churches to observe, okay? The, the Council of Elders and the apostles would meet, they would make decisions for the church, then they traveled to all the churches and gave the church the decree. That is why it's important in our body that we have elders and pastors because we have to decree certain orders in the house. Amen? Amen? All right, all right, let's keep it moving. Now, why would God give us, why would God give us decrees? Listen, this is, this is really good. Do we dare see God's blessings through declarations and decree without acknowledging that he's given us decrees that we must live by? So let's look at Psalm 119 because this is really important. Psalm 119 has eight principles that we look at. The commands, please go to the next one. The commands, the statues, um, you missed, uh, did we miss one? Oops, I'm sorry. Um, oh, you know what? Let me go back before we go this. Look, this is really important. Just as a side note, I told you that the, the, the charismatic movement, the whole decree and declare principle is based on this scripture right here. Job 22, 27 through 28. OK, this is the whole principle right here. This is the whole principle of it right here. You will this and this is really important for you to follow. You will make your prayers to him and he will hear you and you will pay your vows. Say, I got to pray. God hears, but I got to pay my vows. And then it says, you shall also decide and decree a thing. This is the Amplified, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor shall shine upon your way. So this whole, but, but let's, let's remember, let's keep it in balance. Let's keep it in balance. Because if the book of Job, this is Job's friend talking to him. And he said, you'll declare, you'll decide and decree a thing, and it'll be established for you. But first he said, you got to pray. God will hear you. And then you got to pay your vows. Remember, Job's friend was talking to him because he thought he was out of order of God. So he was saying, after you repent, this is what you'll be able to do. OK, so if ever you hear anybody talk about declaring and decree, this Job scripture is the foundation for all that. But now let's go to Psalm 119, because you got to understand this order right here, because we talked in Psalm 119 and we've been studying it and we're going to keep delving into it in 2017. But Psalm 119 has eight principles, the ways of God, the commands of God, the statutes of God, the laws of God, the precepts of God, the word of of God and the decrees of God, the judgments of God. So you can go through if you want a list. It's already on the app. You can go through the, the, the you can go through the app and it'll give you all the scriptures in Psalm 119 from the NIV version that talk about the decrees of God. I have it in the Psalm 119 section. It's already there. These are just a couple that I pulled out because why would we want God to? The, this is the thing. When we hear declare and decree, we're only looking for blessings. Think about that. 
We're only think we we automatically think I'm gonna declare and decree blessings. We don't think we never stop and think that God might need to make a decree over my life that I may not want to hear, but I definitely do need to hear. Okay, okay. So don't keep don't associate this as God's gonna tell me all this good stuff and I'm gonna declare. By the time we finish declaring and decreeing, we'll be over there looking like uh, what's his name uh, Zuckerberg, whatever from Facebook with all his money. And God is saying, hold up, wait a minute stop the brakes. I have some decrees that I need you to follow because in Psalm 119, one of these things is he says, it was good for me to be afflicted. Then I can learn your decrees. So God has a way of teaching us his decrees so that we can make sure we line up to get the blessing. Okay. So a decree doesn't mean I automatically get it because an official order came down. God is looking at our life and he's saying, I want to decree this over you, but until you line up with my decrees, you're not going to get the decree you're looking for. Okay. And so you got to look at it. So I just pulled out a couple and it says in Psalm 119, he said, Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. He said, I know I keep messing up, Lord. You made an official order and I'm not even following it. He said, then he says in verse eight, okay, okay, wait, I will obey your decrees, Lord. Don't forsake me utterly. Then he says, okay, I'm doing good. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Why won't I neglect your word? Because the power of the decree comes from the power of your word, okay? And so then he says, though rulers, I love this in verse 23, though rulers sit and slander me, your servant will meditate not on what people are saying about me that's negative. I gotta go back and stand with your decrees. Anybody ever had somebody talk about them? You can, and this is the thing, if you have the spirit of discernment, I love it because in, in the Old Testament, Pastor Darrell probably knows um, the gentleman, but he said the king was, in, it was a wicked king. The wicked king was in his bedroom talking and God let the prophet hear what the king was saying in his bedroom. So we act like the power of discernment isn't sharp. God will let you know what is being said over you. And then he'll say, this is what's being said of you, but I don't want you to meditate on that. I want you to just focus on my decrees, focus on my word, focus on my laws, focus on my judgment. I'll deal with that. And then one time God said to Gideon, he told Gideon, go over there and hear what people are saying about you. You don't even have sense enough to know the power you walk in. I want you to go over there. And when he went over and heard the whispering and everything, then he heard them say, oh, you know what? I think Gideon can do this. I think Gideon could take it. And he said, that's what people are saying. God said, uh, yeah, you know, so, you know, so then, you know, it goes on. So you got to look at, look at, just focus on God. Cause by the time, honey, people be with you and they won't be with you. You get so confused. Stay with the decrees of God. Amen. He goes on to say, you reject all who stray from you for their delusions, who, all those who stray from your decrees, verse 118, for their delusion comes to nothing. Ah, so we have declarations and decrees but don't get your declaration and your decree confused with your delusion. Okay? I declare and decree that John Smith is going to be my husband. That's a delusion. That's not a declaration. And that's not a decree. That is a delusion. All words start with D-E. Did you get that? Declaration, decree, delusion. Okay? Of grandeur. Okay? Those are big delusions. Okay? So watch what you say. You got to be word-based, God-based. Okay? And so he says, you know what? I got to stay close because my mind will take me some places. Okay? So then he says in verse 155, salvation is far from the wicked because they don't follow your decrees. 
So before we automatically just assume that a decree is a blessing, we have to understand God has laws and precepts and statutes and judgments. And the Bible says in Psalm 19, they're sweeter than the honey in the honeycomb. Because if I realize, if I follow his decrees, I will then walk right into a blessing. Amen? Okay. Now, decree, let's keep moving. We're almost done. I only have three, three, two things to tell you, actually. A decree is an official decision issued by a legal authority. I'm going to keep saying that. A decree is what? An official decision issued by a legal authority. Okay? So as we evolve and maneuver and grope through our transition, some of us are in transition and we're just trying to find our way. We're like, well, you know, I'm skilled to do this. Oh, but wait, I'm skilled to do this. Oh, wait, I'm skilled to do this. I don't know what to do. I have all these gifts and talents. What am I supposed to do? And God is saying gift A and B will take you to this step. You're going to meet someone. This over there, that wall is your ultimate purpose. But your talents A and B will get you to this step during the day. Then, you know, my grandmother used to say your day job was your, was your funding source. Okay. So then you got to keep, don't mess with your day job. You got to keep your day job. So your day job will give you skills so that you can keep working on that job over there. Okay. Got to have a day job. Now to tap somebody and say, what you doing during the day? Okay. You got to have a day job. Say, I'm a Jamaican mom. I got 14 jobs, okay? So you have, so going through the, the darkness, through the transition, we, we have to understand that God is going to make some official decisions in us, but we have to stay close to what he's saying. So now remember, remember the scripture to go? Invoking a blessing on ourselves? These are the four ways you get a blessing. As you follow the decrees of God, these are the four ways to pronounce a blessing on yourself, um, to, 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 to receive a blessing. Are you ready? Number one, you pronounce it. We saw that in Isaiah 65, 16. And what you read was the amplified version of Isaiah 65, uh, 16, okay? He who invokes a blessing on himself, say it. I invoke a blessing on myself, okay? I invoke a blessing on myself. And it's okay to bless yourself, Lord. You know, I'm invoking a blessing. I'm doing it by your name. But number one, you invoke a blessing on yourself. Number two, your father, your father, your father invokes a blessing on yourself, on, on, on you. This is really important. Um, um, I was actually at, uh, at Elder Kenny's house and a young man was there and God has given him just a tremendous I mean, a tremendous vision that he is really working on and, and he's hitting some bumps in the road, but it was a tremendous blessing. I mean, a tremendous vision that God has given him and he's got skill. The Bible talks about skill, having skill and understanding to get it accomplished. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. And so he said, something is blocking me and I don't know what it is. And I stood there and the Lord spoke to me so clear. I was getting in the car and the Lord said his father hasn't blessed him. He doesn't have a blessing of a father to catapult him into that thing. And so this is what I told him. I said, you, your blockage, this is all by the spirit of God. I said, your blockage is because you have not had a father lay hands on you and to bless you and to push you into this great thing that you're accomplishing. I said, because this is the thing, what you are doing is greater than your generation. What you are doing, he had a three-year-old little boy. I said, what you're doing is really for him to work it out. I said, now this is what you, I want you to do. When you, the next time you go to work to do this thing, bring your son with you and you lay your hands on him and bless him to get the fruit of this. Bless him to get the understanding of this. Bless him to get the skill, to, for you to train him to get the skill because after you're gone, the greatness of what God is calling you to is going, it's not enough. You don't have enough years. 
to do it, but your son does. I said, now this is the thing. You've been challenged because your father hasn't laid your hands on you. And he almost broke down in tears. He said, I have no idea who he is or where he is. And I said, this is what the Lord said. I said, the Lord said to go find your pastor. I don't even know what church he went to. I meant to tell you this. I said, go find your pastor. I said, and ask them, give them your plan, lay out your plan before them and ask your pastor, ask the man of God to anoint your plan and to speak a blessing over you. And you will be released. I said, if you cannot get a blessing, I said, you've tracked me down and you find me and Pastor Daryl and God will anoint us to anoint you to do what God has called you to do. I said, but you will get a blessing out of this no matter what. And he just said, I received that. I know that's God. So he prayed the blessing. This is what it was. He was trying to accomplish something so great by himself. But God is saying, you need a father to bless you into it. In our 40s, we got married, but Pastor Daryl sat down with Elder Daddy C. Now, Elder Daddy C is not my birth father, but when he got married to mommy, all the kids were lined up. And he said, I'll take all of them. He said, and I wasn't even paying attention. The pastor said, do you, Charles, take this woman, Teresa, to be? And I said, yes, I do. I heard my name and I just automatically said, I do. He said, yeah, I'll take her, 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 and all of them, the whole, because all the kids were in the family and we all received a blessing, okay? So even in our 40s, we had sense enough to say, if you put your blessing on it, we'll thrive and prosper. Genesis 27, and I, I just want to read, somebody looked and said, Genesis 27, 28 through 29, Jacob and Esau, Jacob and Esau, Esau stole his brothers, he, stole, he went, ripped him off right in his face, ripped him off, and when you read 28 and 29, his father released a blessing over, a decree. he didn't really, this is what he did, he decreed something over him, he said, you shall have this, you shall, read 28 and 29, you shall, you shall. And when Jacob got his blessing, Esau comes in the room later, okay, dad, I got your stew. And this is what he said in 33, I gave your blessing away and he will be blessed. Yes, yes. He said the decree can't be given and then pulled back. He said, you don't give a decree and then snatch it back. Oh, wrong person. I'm sorry. Oh, you're acting crazy. I'm going to snatch it. No, no, no. He said, I gave the blessing away. And your he said, Daddy, please, you have anything else? I need a blessing. I need a blessing. He said, son, all I have is, and he gave him me. He said this, but when you get tired of your brother, you're going to throw off his, his yoke off your neck. I said, well, that'll still be, that's still a blessing if you really look at the meat of it. But he gave his blessing away. But this is a thing. This is a thing. Hear me, hear me. Good. Because when he was hungry, the birthright didn't. He didn't see the value in the blessing. So he tampered with his calling, his blessing, because he didn't see the value. The, the prodigal son. Daddy, give me my blessing now. But he didn't see the value in it. And so he took the blessing and went ran, went ran crazy. And you're eating with pigs because a decree was released over you and you didn't pay attention to the obedience factor. Look at this, pastors and prophets. First Timothy 4.14, Paul said, work in the blessing that you received when the elders laid hands on you and ordained you to do the work of the ministry. I was ordained in 1997, I think it was, 
by my godfather. He had me do the work. I got ordained. I got licensed and ordained. That was a great ordination. But when Bishop Thompson said, you're going to pastor a church and you're going to be under me, I have to release a blessing over you from me over what you're doing. Yes, you've been ordained before, but I haven't laid hands on you. So we had to go through it again. But this time we got the blessing for what we're doing now. And it was three. And this is what Bishop Thompson said that night. We were in his house and everybody was about to go to bed. He said, hmm, it's so interesting to me. Three couples got licensed and ordained. But the man of God, his bishop was there. He said the man of God didn't decree a blessing over any of them except you guys. He spoke a specific word over you guys. He said, you better hold on to that. Don't squander what the man of God said. So you release a blessing. Your father releases a blessing. A pastor prophet releases a blessing. And this is what's so powerful about this because I was telling another church planner this about three weeks ago. I said, we're in a saturated market. So we planted a church where there's tons of churches, but God still told us to plant a church in this area. And this is what we both said, because there is an anointing and a blessing that can be decreed over our mouth for whoever comes that they will not be able to get from anybody else. So you keep going, I'm not sure. Oh, I have choices. You don't pick your prophet, your pastor. God says, this is the person I've ordained to cover you. Somebody sent me a video this week of a sheep in a, on the side of a cliff with its head caught in a fence. And I said, and I heard, and the man was, and somebody made a joke over the video, but I said, that's exactly what you need. You need somebody to wrestle with that fence and take the fence off of you and catch you before you fall. That's what you need. And then God himself pronounces a blessing over you. Genesis 1, 22 through 28. And it says, and God blessed man and said, be fruitful, multiply. That's why you don't get go off and get married anywhere. You better go somewhere where God himself will be present at your ceremony, where your pastor who knows you is present at your ceremony, where your mother and your father and your family is there to bless you at your ceremony, where you stand there and say, this is God. I'm going to be blessed in this ceremony because God is trying to pronounce and decree a blessing over you be fruitful multiply take dominion anything you touch is yours and that's why when one of the women that was married to a judge she went back to her father and she said daddy I need a special favor can you give us another blessing she had already been married and this father said what do you want she said if you you gave us land now we just need some water and it says that her father loved her so much he said I'm gonna do you a favor a special favor and it says I'm gonna give you the upper springs and the lower springs he gave her water above her land and under her land and they prospered and her husband went on to be a judge because she had her father's blessing, God blessing you. And now I'm closed. And this is it. As you unlock your declarations and your decrees, watch your steps. Look at somebody and say, watch your step. Watch your step. Remember the humility factor. When you pray, don't come to God arrogant, Lord. You, some people treat a decree or a declaration like, you better bless me. This woman told, I told you that woman who told Pastor Daryl, uh, uh, God owes me. He told me, get your purse, let's go. He said, she's missed the whole sovereignty of God right there in the equation. We've been warring with you all this time and you're gonna tell me this is not enough, God owes me? It's the, it's the, it's the, the sovereignty of God, okay? Decree reveals the prayer requests and then you patiently wait for the Lord of hosts to visit you.
Number two, watch the witchcraft factor. The witchcraft factor. To decree without the blessing of God is to walk in control. Declarations and decrees are not control based, but they are directed by God. You got that? We first pray, then as a result, the Holy Spirit brings his presence in and shapes the power of the decree, and then he makes it come to fruition. That's why I said I can't pray that John Doe is my husband. I just pray that God will send the husband he has for me. Number three, the arrogance factor. The arrogance factor demanding from God. Remember, this is the definition of God's grace, unmerited favor. And we always forget that word unmerited means we don't deserve it in the first place. OK, so watch that arrogance. It's one thing to be confident in God, have God confidence. I am confident in the power of God. But when I watch the hand of God on my life, I am humbled by it. I can't even walk in arrogance because I can't take credit for anything. I I love it because Paul, in all his arrogance, he said, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was this. I was from the certain tribe. I was this. But I counted nothing for the excellency of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Then you want to pay attention to the priest factor. Who has been ordained to walk you through this thing? The people were with Moses. And when Korah tried to roll up, swallowed him up in the ground. Stay with God. And then the Holy Spirit factor. Let us not negate that this is his reigning hour. Let us call on the Holy Spirit when we are walking in the decrees, when we are making declarations and we are looking for a decree to come down from the throne room of God into those that have legal authority in the kingdom of God to release this thing. One of the things my mom taught me, she said, not every prophetic word comes in. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Sometimes it is just wise counsel. And she'll be talking to you and she said, you need to go call um, such and such, but you know. She did that with Vicki Mack. Vicki Mack called her about her job eons ago. Vicki's been, she's been interviewed about, she called her and she said, Vicki, you gotta leave the record company. It's time for you to start your own label. She was like, what? That was a prophetic word right there. She said, Terry, are you sure? She said, the spirit of God is saying, start a label. It wasn't no, thus saith the Lord, my child unto you, Vicki Mack Lottier. No, start a label. She went and got a $5,000 loan from her father and gospel centric was birthed. Do you understand what I'm saying? And y'all know the story on that. Kurt Franklin was a little boy jumping up and down on the stage and Vicky said, God told her, that's the one I'm going to start your company off with. And he breathed on it. He breathed on it. Now, this is what we're going to do. Stand to your feet. Um, always going to give you a form right now. And we're going to release kingdom prophetic decrees over your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, we sent this to um, the elders, if Elder Kenny could come, Elder Charles, Elder Terry, and we're going to release these decrees. And when you hear it, um, I think I marked it. Yeah, I'll do the first one. And then your name is uh, um, um, Pastor Darrell will do 17 through 22, okay? This is what we're going to do. You're gonna get a copy of this it didn't make sense to, um, to rewrite these because um, the, we can trust Bishop Tudor's ministry is because he's in relationship. Actually, he's in relationship with uh, Bishop Thompson and my spiritual dad, Bishop Merritt. Um, these are decrees that he wrote 
and we're going to declare these overused. Why? Because we have legal authority to do so, right? Now we heard it. You understand? You understand the legal authority? Now what you got to do is walk in obedience to the things of God. Um, do you, um, so I'm going to do um, the first eight. Pastor Darrell is going to do up to uh, 16. Elder Terry is going to do um, the next batch. And then Elder Kenny will do the others. And then uh, Elder Charles will release the ones over Hallel's Chapel. Are you ready? Yes. Now as we decree it, I'm going to pause between each one. And if that was the one that you need spoken over your life, you respond by saying, amen. If you got to run and walk and because when I heard these in my house, I was because I, I thought it was an error because Bishop Tudor Bismarck was speaking them I. But when I read it, I said, oh, he's declaring this by right of his 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 appointment as an apostle in the body of Christ. He's releasing this decree. I don't say this over my life. He has the power and authority. God gave him this. Amen. And, and you may be looking at this and going, this, this is long, this is long, but we are planting something Amen. in you and covering you with Amen. something. So we bind and rebuke uh, anything that is not of God right now in the name of Jesus yes, as Lord. we proceed. Amen. Amen. And hold on to these. I want you to go back and review them. And you just say, Lord, this was a decree spoken of my life. Number one, I decree by the decree of heaven that greatness in your house and in your life shall be resurrected in the name of Jesus. Amen. I decree that in the remaining weeks of this year that God will answer all of your prayers with breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. I decree by the power of the Holy Ghost every obstacle to your uncommon breakthrough shall be cleared away in the name of Jesus. Woo. Amen, Pastor Dre. I need that for myself, okay? I decree, whether it's convenient for the enemy or not, your God shall arise this year and your giants shall scatter in the name of Jesus. Woo. Anybody? Amen, amen. I decree, in, if the enemy has made your programs fail, you will succeed in the name of Jesus. I decree that the devourer will not consume your blessings in the name of Jesus. I decree every move your enemy makes will be reversed with powerful breakthroughs in the name of Jesus. I decree that the oil of gladness that the Lord has assigned for your head shall not run dry in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I decree that your mouth shall speak and darkness shall flee and blessings will flow in the name of Jesus. I decree that every power that does not want you to have joy and happiness shall be removed in Jesus name. I decree that any seat that belongs to you that the enemy is presently occupying will be returned and restored in Jesus name. I decree that any pattern of darkness that has enveloped you, I command them to be broken now in the name of Jesus. I decree by the power of God, you shall meet the right people at the right place in the right time in the name of Jesus. I decree that the remainder of this year, you shall laugh, 
last over your enemies. In the name of In Jesus' name. Amen. I decree God shall turn your worst times into your best times. In the name of Jesus. And I decree that every satanic assignment against your life and your family shall be removed. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I decree that you shall not struggle to be recognized. Mm. God shall announce Jesus. you and Woo. promote you Woo. in the mighty name of yeah. Jesus. Amen. I decree Woo. that the voice of witchcraft mm. will be destroyed over your yes, life. Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Amen. I decree that in the remainder of this year, you shall be a candidate of uncommon favor. Yes. And uncommon blessings in the name of Jesus. Yes. I declare that every weapon formed against you shall not prosper yes, in the yes. name yes. of yes. Jesus. Amen. I decree that you will not enter into any vehicle of destruction and mm. you will not enter into any building uh, of destruction you, yes. in the name Amen. of Jesus. Is mine the next one too? I decree the power of God will consume all of your problems in the name of Jesus. I decree promotion and elevation shall find you over and over again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I decree that your expectation shall not be cut off in the name of Jesus. I decree the blessing of the Lord will make you rich with no sorrow. In the name of Jesus, I decree the blood of Jesus will deliver you from all, all demonic evil. Yes. And I decree the name of the Lord shall protect you always. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Hello, Chapel decrees. We decree every person from the children to adults will blossom in the house of Hallel. Hallel, Chapel as they are planted here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hillel Chapel decrees. We decree Hillel Chapel will blossom in purpose, grow in number, and have every word spoken against the ministry refuted by the Lord himself in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We decree holy intercession shall war for Hillel Chapel and the, and the pastors with, utter, with, the, urgency. with urgency in the name of Jesus. Amen. We decree that the word spoken over the uh, godly community of Hillel Chapel will not, fa- will not fall to the ground in the name of Jesus. Amen. We decree that Hillel Chapel will ramp, will reap. Will reap. We decree that Hillel Chapel will reap the harvest of of soul of harvest of souls for Christ in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallel Chapel decrees all these decrees in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Now let's just worship. Lift your hands for a minute. Just say, Lord, I receive it. I 
I have a vocal blessing upon myself. Vocal blessing upon myself. May the God of truth and fidelity. May the God of truth and fidelity. The Amen. The Amen. Bless me. Bless me. May I walk in obedience to the Word. May I walk in obedience. And may I declare the power of the Word. And may I declare the power of the Word in my life. In my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.